0: You are listening to Rank and Vile, a proud member of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hey guys, welcome to Rank and Vile, the podcast where we are ranking every single horror movie ever made. And on this episode, uh, we are joined uh, by a uh, longtime friend of the podcast, uh, Sarah Gailey. Hi. How's it going? How you doing?
1: Uh, real fucked up from the movie that we watched this week. <laughs>
0: it was, it was a lot, yeah. Like, I was, so the, before we get into it, like, the movie that we're watching this week, I, uh, put it on, I was like, oh, this looks fun. I, this just popped up on Shutter. Do you want to, do you want to sit with me and watch it? And you were just about to go do... I
1: was about to do a reading for Worldcon, um, over Zoom, and made the... Well, it, this was a movie that a friend of mine had recommended, and they said that it mostly took place over Zoom, or entirely over Zoom, and I was like, oh, well, that can't be too scary. <laughs> and so I said, yeah, sure. I'll watch this motion picture with you, which was a huge mistake. I'm never going to smile again.
0: Zoom, isn't that the video chatting service? <laughs> and then it ruins your life. Um, Sarah, what uh, what has your uh, week, uh, last week, been looking like? like have, have you been... Involved in any ghoul shit?
1: Indeed, yes. Um, we actually we so WorldCon was this last week, which is where the Hugo Awards are presented. I had the great honor of losing a Hugo Award to the luminous Nora Jemison, who is just you know, I mean, only one of the greatest living writers of our time. No big deal. No,
0: there, there's no shame in getting uh, knocked out by Nora Jemison. <laughs>
1: no, I'm deeply proud. I would be proud to be literally knocked out by Nora Jemison. If Absolutely. She, if she was like, you know what? time to punch your ticket, and murdered me, I'd be like, great, please have the duration of my eulogy be about how honored I am to be (laughs) flattened by this person. Absolutely. Um, um, I just finished reading a book called My Sister's Serial Killer, which was actually recommended to me by other friend of the podcast, Christina. Um, It was so good. It's about a woman whose sister keeps on murdering her boyfriends, and it's got this very twisty honest heart it's super short super fast read um but really just perfectly written at every every moment every detail hell yeah i enjoyed the heck out of it
0: it's also a great title for a book like that's one of those you see it on a bookshelf and it's like sight unseen like this could be anything and i'm gonna read it yeah like
1: um it also it takes place in lagos in nigeria which i haven't read a ton of thrillers um set in nigeria and it is such a perfect setting for this kind of very domestic thriller, The way, at least the way that this author renders it. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of conversation that's happening between public life and private life is really fascinating. And I just, I mean, it's such a good premise. Like, my sister keeps calling me to clean up after her murders.
0: Yeah, which I feel like at that point, that's just, that tracks with so many family dynamics I personally have seen, where like, family will call you at two in the morning to be like, Hey, um, I need to get rid of a body, and then you. Now this is your problem.
1: It's. I mean, there's also like this sense of, um, you know, in thrillers, you need this growing sense of pressure, mm-hmm. and the growing sense of pressure in this book is so much driven by resentment, which is like.
0: Uh, mm. yeah.
1: uh what about you? What what cool shit have you been getting into?
0: Oh, I. So two things. Uh, I have been playing through the SNES uh, 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 version of um, Shadowrun. Which is a... Uh, it's cyberpunk, but it's from back in the day, it's uh, sort of fantasy with cyberpunk, so it's like cyberpunk world, but also elves and shit exist, and they've like broken through, and so it's that. But it's an, uh, an SNES game that's very like... It's like a, a game that was made by people who don't know what video games were supposed to look like, um, which is pretty cyberpunk to me. Um, I've also been reading uh, Trouble and Her Friends, which is a cyberpunk novel from like 1994, and it's super gay. And I had never heard of it before Uh, I started reading it. And it's perfect. Like, it's incredibly gay and um, anti-capitalist because it's, you know, what do you call it? Cyberpunk. Um, So, yeah, I'm enjoying the shit out of it. Mostly right now, like, it's. I feel like everything we're doing in quarantine is ghoul shit. Like, it's just necessarily we're we're embarking on ghoulery.
1: It's, It's like how things can't, like, if the president does it, it's not illegal. Like, if you do it in quarantine it is not not ghoul shit yeah you're a ghoul can i i want to say something um i want to say the most cursed thing anyone's ever said Really?
0: yeah i think so i hope so
1: a cyberpunk novel written by elon musk
0: okay so i love you very much
1: and (laughs) you're very
0: important to me this collaboration is over i'm lawn darting you out the window immediately
1: sorry you have to end my
0: life that's the worst thing you've ever said to me What would it even look like, a cyberpunk novel written by Elon Musk?
1: It would star a guy named Whalen Tusk.
0: Melon Husk.
1: (laughs) Um, And he has cool adventures in the warehouses of the company that he owns, and he saves the world by being good at robots.
0: You realize you're just describing uh, a Jonathan Friends, a novel called Purity, where it's about a cool lady named Purity who falls in love with a computer hacker, and... It, you can tell that this is like Jonathan Friends and being like, I bet I can write about the computers and the hackers, and it's um, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it is. It is just the worst goddamn thing. Let's um, let's jump into the, uh, this week's movie. Um, so on Shudder right now streaming, there is a movie called Host,
1: not to be confused with another movie that has come out in 2020 called The Host, which is a European right thriller.
0: Yep, or the uh, classic South Korean horror movie The Host.
1: Right, this one is just host. It takes place entirely on a Zoom call. Um, if you don't ever want to feel okay again, I highly recommend watching it on a laptop in bed, as my friends <laughs> did who recommended this to me, and I frankly don't know if she's ever going to recover. No, um, no.
0: At least you had the benefit of like watching it with a person in broad daylight.
1: Yeah, and I still wasn't okay. I, my abs are sore Still, from how much I was clenching everything I have,
0: and this is—I've—this was almost like the experience of going through a car wash with you. Um, you are, our listeners may not know this, terrified of car washes.
1: I cannot believe you're putting me on blast about that. It's this right the greatest
0: now. thing in the world, and I need—I need the people to know.
1: Okay, listen. I'm not—I'm not unreasonably afraid of car washes. It's just that I know that those brushes will break into the car and suck me out of the car up into the mechanism of the car wash. Right. And I'll never be heard from again. Mm -hmm. And it's scary because they are like big dinosaurs trying to get into the car.
0: Something in your monkey brain knows that's a fucking eagle and it wants to eat my eyes.
1: Yeah, uh, it's a very frightening experience. I don't like it at all.
0: I, I hadn't realized the innate horror of the car wash until I went through one with you. And it was like it was like the, the tunnel scene in Willy Wonka, where you were just reacting to everything happening in real time by just going like, what? Because there were like giant Muppet brushes coming out of nowhere to throw acid on your car and threaten you.
1: Do we want to put Tinkerbell in the room with Christina so she will stop licking herself in the background of this podcast? That
0: sure might be nice. Okay. Tinkerbell, hey.
1: I don't even think you should edit me saying that out. <laughs> <laughs> Tinkerbell,
0: come on. Tinkerbell, come on, you gotta go. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta lick yourself someplace else.
1: R.I.P. Tinkerbell. Yeah. I'm reasonable and rational. Mm-hmm. I understand that car washes are very scary, and, uh... That's also how I feel about this movie.
0: That's honestly, going through a car wash, it's kind of like a Rob Zombie movie where it's like a lot of colors, a lot of movement, it's upsetting. A
1: lot of splashing that you don't understand.
0: Yeah, yeah. A disagreeable splashing. Like, splashing you don't particularly want.
1: The car wash is splatterpunk. I said it. And I meant it. And I'm right. My God. Call me Clive Barker.
0: <laughs> You're Clive Barker. Hey! So, so Host, uh, right out of the gate, um, the movie Unfriended um, did basically sort of a, a, the same thing as this, but different uh, a few years ago. Um, Unfriended walks walked so that Host could run. Um, it's a good movie that like, um, I think it got a lot of shit at the time because it was called Unfriended.
1: Kind of like that TV show Selfie, which I've heard is very good.
0: Yeah, well, it's like when you hear uh, a horror movie called Unfriended, you just get this image of like a bunch of white dudes sitting around in a boardroom at like Warner Brothers or something being like, what are the kids afraid of these days? Being unfriended. And it's.
1: Okay, so I haven't seen the movie Unfriended and I don't know anything about it, so I'm going to tell you really quick what I think it's about.
0: I'm so excited, please. And
1: then we'll get to the movie host. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the movie Unfriended is about a group of moms who are in all in a group together on Facebook Mm -hmm. and one of them keeps on posting increasingly aggressive minion memes about how um her kids don't appreciate what she does Mm -hmm. and the other moms get concerned and they're like hey are you are you okay it seems like your minion memes are getting like really serious and aggressive you're you're
0: hitting the minion memes pretty hard lately
1: and then she starts showing up at their houses wearing a minion mask
0: Mm -hmm. but a full costume or just the mask
1: A full costume. And they're like, "Uh uh-oh, this has got to be this lady who was posting these minion memes. But then they all go to her house to confront her, and they find that she's dead. And it turns out it's a real minion who has come to life and is killing Facebook moms.
0: So minions are canonically real and, like, the size of a person?
1: I mean... Since I'm the one making up this story, I'm going to say that the minion was manifested by the memes of all the Facebook moms, and it's the manifestation of their simmering resentment.
0: Ah, so they they imagine it into being with their use of dank memes.
1: Yes. I wouldn't call those memes
0: dank. Well, not dank. Gently used memes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so Unfriended, it's whatever. Fast forward to 2020, motherfuckers. There's, it's quarantine happening. There's, we're in our homes, and everything is bad, and...
1: Oh, I like being at home with
0: you, I know, I also like being at... That's the problem, is, like, everything is horrifying outside of where we live, but I'm like, yeah. Like, we're just, like, nestled in here. It's extremely good. Um, But, so, the movie Host, the things, it's funny, so, Quarantine is in the movie, but it's not in the movie. It starts out um, with a Zoom call, um, and the...
1: I'm sorry you just said zoom call like a grandpa like a grandpa being like <laughs> the kids are on the tiktok these days. Ah, uh,
0: what are you are you out here zooming
1: doing your your dibs and your dabs. You're doing a
0: zoom with your dabs and your razor scooters and demons possessions. Um it so uh, it's a group of friends. Um the first one uh, who is the responsible friend, Haley. Um Haley's doing her best.
1: So Haley is responsible. They all do a Zoom call every week, and they do an activity, and usually it's a quiz. But this week, Haley is like, no, we're going to do a seance. Um, And she has hired a spiritualist named Salen, who is a... a... Welsh. She's Welsh? Yeah. How'd you know she's Welsh?
0: Because she sounds exactly like Gwen Cooper from Torchwood. Oh. Yeah. Well, and that's, like, my one frame of reference <laughs> for a Welsh accent, so I'm assuming she's Welsh, unless she's, like, advanced Scottish.
1: Okay, so s- Salen is a lady who looks uh, like a spiritualist. She's s- mm-hmm. spooky, and... Um, a lot of Fleetwood
0: Mac going on with Salen.
1: They all get ready to do... It's it's a group of friends, Haley, Gemma, Emma, Radina, Caroline, and Alan, who we don't see very much of. Um, and they're all on the Zoom call getting ready to do a seance just to reach out to, you know... Anybody?
0: Now, that's the weird thing to me here, is that they're just doing a general seance to just, like, put feelers out and be like, hey, any passing ghosts, maybe stop in and say hi.
1: I have a theory, which is that, you know, there's this big introductory sequence that kind of is like, hey, this is all being filmed through a laptop prior to a Zoom call. Right. Where you get to see Haley kind of walking around her apartment and getting spooked by stuff falling out of a closet and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I kind of wonder if that's not trying to set up that she has her own motive for this seance. She's trying to figure out ah. if like her apartment is haunted or whatever. And I, I wonder if maybe she has this ulterior motive. But she definitely has not told her friends mm-hmm. what her reasons are for wanting to have a seance. And so all of her friends are like, this is silly, and we're not going to take it seriously. Right. And we're going to make a lot of jokes. And she keeps on being like,
0: no, you guys take it seriously. Which also, she's right. Like,
1: Well, and uh, something that I, I really love about this movie that we discussed a little bit prior to this podcast is that... Mm-hmm. You know, everyone is in quarantine, right? People are. You get to see um, people coming in wearing masks and taking them off. You get to see people talking a little bit about what it's like to be stuck at home. Um, but it's not, like, explicitly discussed all that much. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of just a, a flavor. But I think that it's hugely present in all the themes of this movie. And it yeah. starts with um, Haley begging all of her friends to take this seriously, and all of her friends being like, uh, I. I don't really think I need to take this that seriously. And you really get a sense of that, like the growing horror of realizing that your friends just won't listen to you and believe that something could be real and dangerous.
0: Right. She's basically like, guys, I need you to stop doing body shots on a beach right now and take this seriously and put a mask on. Um, And it's funny because like now the, the, the explicit um, quarantine stuff is at the beginning where like um, one of her friends, uh, her dad Um, There's like this old British guy, like it's, this is like a largely British cast. Um, And her dad is, you know, she's, you know, her friend is talking about it like, oh, you know, like I keep having to chase my dad outside because he just keeps going out into the street and wandering around and he's like, ah, I like the sunshine, way, just like.
1: Like chase him when he goes outside, not like chase him to make him go outside.
0: (laughs) Go outside, dad, (laughs) like a, like a lamppost. It's, it gets dark. Um, he, yeah, so, you know, she's like, oh, I keep having to get my uh, old English dad who's not taking this seriously to stay inside, and you've got them sort of talking about quarantine briefly in ways that are like, I appreciate that it doesn't belabor the point with this being a pandemic. Like, it's there, and they talk about it, but, and this is the thing that I've thought about, as a side note, all of the media after the quarantine is going to probably be about the quarantine, and I'm already so tired.
1: Well, I think, you know, this, this movie kind of threw me around because I was preemptively super grouchy about all the quarantine content we were going to get mm-hmm. and all the, like, pandemic content. Because I was like, first of all, it's going to be devoid of external context. And second of all, it's just going to be all about what a pain in the ass this whole situation is. But seeing this, this film really made me feel like, oh, people are, I'm underestimating the entire artistic community of creatives <laughs> that mm-hmm. I'm a part of. Like, yeah. people are going to find ways to draw all these themes into different um different stories in different ways and i think that this movie does a great job of that like yeah the the horror of being stuck inside and having to choose between staying inside with the scary thing or going outside with the scary thing not being able to actually be there with your friends when they're undergoing something terrible and frightening um but okay well we'll get to all that so yeah yeah. so they do this seance Mm -hmm. um they're not taking it very seriously. Ahead of time, they decide that they'll all each take a shot whenever the medium says the phrase "astral plane,"
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is a great bit. Um,
0: and, and there's a guy who is all in on this bit. Who like he looks like a a, a lost Mumford of, of of Mumford and his his many sons.
1: I think he kind of looked like um, Kevin Owens, the oh, wrestler.
0: Yeah, a little bit. The like wrestler Kevin
1: Owens. who I don't trust because he betrayed wrestler Sami Zayn.
0: Right. You don't like that Kevin Owens. In a
1: match, I don't I, that he it, that's not what good friends do. I don't know much about wrestling, but I know about friendship.
0: Kevin Owens actually just did a bit on Raw where he was talking to two other wrestlers who were going through a friend breakup and he, and he said you know, I've you know made a lot of horrible decisions in my career. I've, betra- I've lost a lot of friendships. I don't think it was worth it. He's right. He's right and it's so he should feel bad.
1: He's right and he should apologize. Well, there we go. To me.
0: To you specifically.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this guy who kind of looks like Kevin Owens is really all in on this bit about we're, we're going to take a shot every time she does astroplane. They're making a lot of goofs.
0: Oh, everybody's goofing.
1: Everybody's goofing except for Haley, Haley who's like, please stop goofing. Um,
0: you, you goof too much. You're, you're, you're testing my patience and you're goofing too much.
1: I really enjoyed this depiction of this medium as a professional. She's very... Um, it reminded me a lot of when I've had, like, a therapist talk me through a guided, like, visualization or something. Yeah. She clearly believes in what she's saying, and she also is really trying to make sure that everyone has a good and safe time. And I just, I appreciated that. No, There was no effort to make her particularly creepy or inept or whatever. Oh, yeah, and
0: there's no hokum with, with her, her style and her delivery. Like, she's not she's not interested in, in being like, sorry, is this, isn't this the spookiest shit you've ever heard? Like, she's not doing a Vincent Price routine. This is, like, the lady at Whole Foods telling you about flaxseed. Like, she's mm-hmm. just like, hey, you know, this is going to be an experience. I want you to be ready for it. And she's basically, like, sort of the their, their tour guide for this experience. Um,
1: you know what it felt like? It felt like every time I've gotten a tattoo from a really competent tattoo artist where they're <laughs> like, here's how we make it safe. Here's how we set it up. I'm going to explain everything that's going to happen to you. Yeah. Here's how you handle it if you if you're feeling overwhelmed or in over your head. Like she really she really sets this up to be as safe as possible. And if these goobers just took it serious, everything I, would have been fine, and this would have been a super boring movie.
0: I tell you what. And Haley, um, now what happens is that uh, they um, they they finally all they get their candles lit. Um, Mumford, uh, Mumford, Kevin Owens' uh, girlfriend, it's super rude. This is, this, this is so rude that, like, he's on camera, he's got the candle.
1: She's set up that everybody hates her Mm -hmm. ahead of time. Everyone is like, she sucks.
0: Yeah, and he, by the way, is staying out in the English countryside. So right there we have, he's farther away from the pandemic. He's, like, kicking it at this country home uh, and she comes in and like blows the candle out and is just like "haha bye" and like shuts the call down in the middle of everybody being in the circle.
1: Yeah, so she effectively breaks the circle of of you know kind of like unity and protection. Mm-hmm. Um, blows out his candle, which is a guiding light for a spirit, right? And also brings in an extra level of disrespect into this. She kind of just kool aid mans into this situation and says, "I'm like, a
0: dick."
1: Yeah. Um, so that's already a problem. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Then everybody kind of gets back into it. And, um, Gemma, one of the friends, Gemma, starts acting, uh, strangely. She's like gripping her throat and saying that there's pressure on her throat. And then she says that she's getting a name and the name is Jack. And it's this boy who she went to school with who, who hanged himself. And everybody is you know, listening and like, oh my gosh, something is really happening to
0: her. Mm-hmm.
1: But then the medium drops off the call for a minute,
0: and Which, by the way, I love that this is used as a plot beat, that like getting disconnected on a call I love that it's finding a way to take this really mundane shit that we're all dealing with right now with uh, quarantine and being on Zoom calls and like, touchy internet connections, and making that a genuine plot beat. Hunter, Hunter, you a show. Literary analysis. Comparative localization. Jojo references. The works of Yoshihiro Togashi hold a specific kind of magic, and the people who seek to examine their roots and spiritual descendants are known as The Spirit Hunters, available on the Greenlit Podcast Network.
1: So the, that medium, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: has to... I, I don't remember if she has to step away from the call or if the call drops for her. Um, But she's gone for a little bit, and... Gemma reveals that she made this guy up. She was just inventing a spiritual experience and nothing was actually happening. And, you know, like, everyone is like, oh, you got us, and Haley's kind of
0: mad. Well, and it's 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 so weird because she was just like, buh, I was bored. I thought it would be fun. Like, motherfucker, you're on a seance right now. How on earth are you... Bo-? Like, this is... I have no idea why, why my brain made this connection You know in The Lost World, Jurassic Park, how there's that guy uh, who wanders off and gets eaten by the Cumpsagnathuses? And there's. By the whom? Compies.
1: Thanks.
0: Okay, there we go. Okay. Great. Sorry. But I'll, oh, like I'm trying to fucking big time you. Like, I'm just like, oh, the is I
1: was just laughing at the name.
0: Comfagnathises. Mur- f- v- v-
1: comfagnathises. Um, cum sp- I don't want to
0: comfagnathises.
1: You have to. Oh. No.
0: Um, but there's, he wanders off and dies and then he's like yelling for his friend who brought to the island of the dinosaurs a Walkman and headphones. Like, are you going to get bored on dinosaur island guy? So you've got Gemma, like, deciding to uh, start, you know, start uh, goofing on her friend and making this shit up and being like, ah, like, you know, you should have seen your face. And like, Haley is furious.
1: Yeah. Haley is really mad. She takes a minute. She takes a little breather. um, And at this point in the movie, things start going awry. And I don't think that we have to go quite beat by beat. Mm -hmm. Um, We can just probably say, you know, it becomes a a horror movie. um, Right. Things start start moving around of their own volition. Um, a glass breaks all by itself. Salen, the um, the medium, disappears and says that her internet went out, Right. and so she's not with them anymore to guide them.
0: Which, like, if you're if you're a medium or like a mystic, and shouldn't you be able to have like spiritual Wi-Fi powers, like an internet connection, making it impossible for you to sort of. I don't know. I, I feel I'm like sorry,
1: are you saying that a medium should be,
0: what, like, I their capable? own
1: hotspot?
0: Yes. Yes. Using, using the world's internet, which is the spirit realm.
1: To go the, on Neopets.
0: The information super ghost way. Where you can just, like, surf a ghost on the worldwide ghost web and drop a line to your buddies who are on a seance and be like, hey bros... My internet connection dropped, but I'm a fucking witch, and you can just sort of...
1: I mean, but you have to be a ghost in order to ghostly drop in on a seance.
0: That's the point. Well, that is... Admittedly, that is a problem.
1: Yeah. You're really showing your flesh-bound privilege here.
0: I really am. Um, But it's incredible because, like, so, uh, Salem calls them on the phone... And uh, so she doesn't know that Jack was made up by Gemma at this point, and it's incredible because um, this per- this performance over phone call where she's like, "All right, so hey, you know, did you uh, is it Jack? Did you get a hold of Jack? Has he spoken to you?" And then um, Haley is like, "Yeah, Gemma, did you talk to Jack?" And Gemma has to be like, "No, yeah, I made that I made that shit up about the boy who hanged himself, and I was just goofing and just you know sometimes I like to recreationally disrespect ghosts because I think it's going to be fun." And Ceylon is like, oh, okay. Um, so the thing about that is that um, demons can sometimes, uh, the way that she describes it is that they, if you make up a thing like that, you've created a mask that any passing being can decide to take.
1: Yeah. So any, anything could have, it's an open invitation and anything could come through and step into the space that Gemma has made by describing Jack. And she says, you know, it could be nothing. It could be just a a wandering spirit. And they're like, what else could it be? And she goes, Uh you know, like a demonic entity And everyone's (laughs) like, Well this isn't good. And at this point
0: (laughs) Yeah, they At this point everyone's
1: pretty convinced that something's happening because they've seen furniture moving and lights flickering and you know that the glass shattering with nobody touching it. So everyone is on board that something's happening. So they've they've established that and Salin basically has them ask, you know, is anybody here? And the, you know, all those signs point to yes. And are you a friend? And the signs point to
0: for sure fucking
1: nope.
0: not. i ain't uh, your friend, guy. Yeah, the, the ghost is like, I am definitely not your friend.
1: 100% no. And then no. Salin basically vanishes from the narrative. She's like gone, gone. Yeah. Um, I, I think probably dead. I feel
0: like she's Do dead. you think Salen bought it?
1: I feel like Salen probably died.
0: Because, oh well, that's true. I mean, she was there in the circle when Gemma decided to start goofing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I feel like she's probably toast. Mm-hmm. And now these girls are on their own. Um, again, the, the Kevin Owens-looking guy dropped out because his girlfriend pulled him it
0: sucks, out. Sucks, yeah. It
1: sucks. So, one of the... One of the girls hears a loud noise inside of her home.
0: Right. Which is...
1: This is when I started clenching everywhere. So that girl who who heard a loud noise in her house goes to check it out. Right. And you've got all of the other girls saying, don't go check it out. But she's like, I'm going to check it out. And she looks in some rooms and she looks in some closets. And then she lifts up the laptop so you can see that her house has an attic.
0: Don't do it. Don't if you, if you've got an attic in your home and you're hearing noises. Mm-mm. Don't.
1: Don't fu- one time, I had um, I lived in this like townhouse <laughs> that had roof rats, which is roof rats. Yeah, there's there are these rats that like live in and on rooftops, and they have faces like teddy bears. Mm-hmm. And the the HOA of the like townhouse complex I was in had repaired the roofs. But the roofers hadn't um, covered up the vents in the roofs with mesh. Mm-hmm. So, roof rats, like, that's how they get into the roof, and then they scamper around in the roof over your head, and it's like the scariest noise in the whole world. Um, and Oof. they're usually like fucking and fighting up there, and it's awful. I mean, same. And I gotta tell you, I was like, no chance I'm checking that out. When no. I heard that noise, I was like, no way. No. I'm not, I want no part of this. Um, but she's like, I'm gonna look. And then she does something super smart.
0: Yeah, yeah, she gets a selfie stick. This is, she is like, okay, so I need to, uh, I need to poke my head up into this attic and take a look around, but not with my head, with a fake head that is a phone. And she just, like, pokes the phone up and starts doing, like, a slow pan uh, across the attic to see what's going on. And as it's panning around the attic, she's like, I don't see anything, guys. You see a pair of feet dangling as though from a hanged person?
1: Hey! Hey! It is super scary. It is so fucked up. I I was like, "Oh, this movie is actually for real."
0: I mean, I appreciate Jack the Demon for committing to a bit that like he's, you know, this is he was he was making a character. It's like this was improv class and he had one thing to go on for imaginary Jack, and he's like, "Hangings?"
1: And he sure went with it. Yeah. Um after this point, I don't want to—I don't want to spoil every single scare in the movie. But mm-hmm. I will say, each person in the movie has an encounter with this demonic entity, and none of them end great.
0: Um, well, we don't know that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the, maybe they're doing great.
1: I mean, we're not sure about Salen. Maybe Salen and Jack are, are buds now.
0: Maybe Salen uh, opened up a bed and breakfast with Jack in Wales, and it's fine.
1: So let's talk about what makes this movie so scary.
0: Yeah. So, Sarah, you were saying specifically, like, you loved uh, the fact that this was taking advantage of, like, quarantine fear.
1: You know, much like uh, Gemma with her humor, this took advantage of the medium.
0: Hey! Just excellent work.
1: That was the sound of a very well-executed high five. That was, yeah. Um, it... Holy shit. It takes such good advantage of, first of all, the way that Zoom functions. And, you know, I feel like most of us are really familiar with that by now. Unfortunately. Um, It took great advantage of the fact that, like, if someone gets too loud or if activity is too intense, a webcam and a computer's microphone get overloaded and kind of stop working. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of scenes where something really scary is happening and you don't need, like, perfectly rendered effects because Zoom gets a little jittery.
0: Well, and Yeah, and this is kind of like, um, because especially in horror circles, there's this big, I, I feel like, I, and I'm 100% included in this, we kind of jerk off to, to VHS uh, as a medium, because it's sort of, you know, you don't want to watch like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in crystal clear high def. You want those scratches, you want it to be kind of staticky. You don't want to be able to see everything perfectly clearly, because there could be something just out of frame that you're wondering if that's the thing that you're seeing. Like, there's there's a shakiness to reality in that format that adds to the experience, and I feel like this is a great approximation of that. Because of the jitteriness of, of zoom calls, because of sort of the low-res camera sort of thing, it's it's so good. And also, it takes advantage of the zoom filters. Um, Alright, so we're not going to spoil every scare in the thing. One, oh
1: god, the one you're talking about, and I'm, I'm physically maybe. sweating thinking fuck.
0: about it. Dude, it's, all right, all right, all right. So um, the one, uh, one of the, one of the, ki- uh, they're not kids. They're, they're young people. What am I, 80?
1: Apparently from the way that you just said the Zoom earlier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the kids are using the Zooms. Why, why, why what don't they it... just use a nice Skype? How about, how about women? So one of the, one of the women uh, has a, uh, there's, there's something moving around in her home. And previously she was, she had been futzing with the filters on Zoom and being like, wow, I'm a snake and doing like sort of Snapchat filters. Um, and she is walking into her living room trying to, like, investigate the strange noise. And there is a filter face floating in the middle of the room, and it looks like a glitch. And as she moves toward it, you get the slow realization that, like, oh, that filter only pops up if it's, if the algorithm is registering a face.
1: It was so fucking terrifying to realize that because it's like, oh, like the, like, there's a zoom glitch, whatever. But there's no reason for that glitch to be there without a face. So she gets closer to it, and the mask turns and faces her. And that is the moment when I feel like um, my urethra sealed shut, and I will never be able to urinate again.
0: Like a tomb, yeah. That's, like, when, you, that's when you became a ghost.
1: Yeah. Um, and, you know, then there's ongoing great bits uh, around when you can't see an entity in your home, but you know that it's it's there, and, like trying to get you um
0: and there's also like surprising comedy with that i think because like during sometimes there'll be a tense moment and the one girl becomes a snake accidentally because the tongue is coming out
1: right yeah that's about the about the filters yeah
0: yeah yeah well and and there's that and then also um a thing that i notice is that at, right after somebody in this movie uh maybe takes a nap or disappears or we don't you know it could be fine they could be fine When they leave the Zoom call, it flashes their profile picture of them looking goofy and, like, gooning for the camera, and then it's gone. And it's just really neat.
1: I think there's also a really amazing commentary here on one of the big horrors of COVID, which is that you you can't see your friends in person, right? You can't be around them in person. Right. We all know that people we love are at risk of dying, and that if they are at risk of dying right now especially of COVID, we won't be allowed to see them in person. And all of these people in, in this film have to watch their friends suffer horribly over Zoom. Mm-hmm. And then when their friend is no longer there and is no longer on the call and disappears, the only image that they're left with is that, like, goon face, like, social media e photo of them.
0: It's like a little headstone.
1: And that's all you get. And I feel like that speaks really viscerally to a horror that a lot of us are experiencing now of knowing that our loved ones are far from us and that if they do suffer the horrible, kind of unpreventable, difficult to understand thing that's happening to so many of us, um, we won't be able to be there with them.
0: Right. Because we all exist in our own little chambers and we can't really move from it.
1: There's also an incredible thing that this film does about with, with the, the horror of quarantine. Where these people are inside their home. And as far as they know, this entity is, like, in their home. And you can leave your home, right? You can right. You can run outside, and that's kind of the quintessential slasher issue, is, like, why don't you just run out of the house, right? Right. But if they leave their home, first of all, the pandemic is outside. And second of all, where will they go? Like, you can't right. go to someone else's house. You can't go to a hospital. You can't go to, I mean, you already... Probably shouldn't go to the police, but like you can't go to the police. There's there's nowhere you can go that it's going to be safe.
0: So you're cut off from community.
1: Yeah, your your only safe place is your home.
0: Right, In and even moment. and and when the the sanctity of your home is violated because there's a fucking demon with a hanging fetish hanging out, what do you do with that?
1: I feel like it takes the the haunting narrative out of the kind of um, capitalist landowning owning mm-hmm. uh, ideal. Where owning your home is—that's your source of power—and like
0: your castle,
1: yeah, it's 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 yours because you own it, and it turns it into this thing where your home is important because it's the only safe place you have access to.
0: Right. Well, and this is yeah. I mean, that's exactly the thing: is that when one of when one of the characters leaves um, her home, like she, this is a beat that I, I'm never getting over: is that when she so. Um, not to spoil it, one of the characters has to leave at her home she puts the mask on while running from a demon that wants to hang her and even for that moment she doesn't put it all the way over her nose and I'm watching this in 2020 going like, look, I know you're being pursued by a demon, I know it's very upsetting and your friends are in danger, just put the mask up over your nose, what are we doing?
1: It's so effective because it reminds you in that moment that the mask isn't a formality that feeling of, no, you need to put the mask over your mouth and nose just reminds you as a viewer, like, she's going someplace scary. And then yeah. there's this immense feeling of transgression because where she's going is to try and help one of her friends who's in danger. And she goes into their house. And you have this feeling of, like, transgression of...
0: You're not supposed to go to your friend's house right now.
1: Yeah, you're not supposed to be in there.
0: Yeah, although I also kind of felt like the mask was almost a, a security blanket for Gemma, for Jenna in that moment. Because she was... And, and, and a security blanket, meaning... Do you
1: want to reveal that it's Gemma? You hadn't before.
0: Oh, shit. No. Um, but, I mean, even then when she leaves her house and she pulls that mask over her face, part of me kind of feels like this is... It, it sounds weird to put it this way, but like a security blanket. Because this is something she can control. This is some measure against things she doesn't understand and probably want to kill her. If she can't do anything else right now, she can at least... Put a mask on while going to do this.
1: This isn't necessarily relevant to the film, but I read this really interesting article earlier about how uh, a lot of people are using the sanitization of surfaces as that kind of comfort because it's actually, you know, we understand now that COVID is. Spread more through airborne transmission and not so much through like droplet transmission and surface transmission, which is not to say not at all, but apparently in the studies that showed, um, surface transmission is a big factor. The concentration of the virus on those surfaces was thousands of times what it would be naturally.
0: Yeah. Like, like, like a hundred people would have to sneeze on a surface for that to have the same kind of transmission.
1: Yeah. And like sneeze directly on it. Like you would have to basically just like... (laughs) Put your hand on someone's tongue. I
0: love to get together with a hundred people to sneeze on the same sur- same surface. It's, it's good
1: to have hobbies. It's just fun. But I thought that it was really fascinating to, to read that and to read about how for so many people cleaning surfaces is both exhausting and comforting. Mm-hmm. And that's totally what's going on here. She's putting on this mask, even though putting on the mask is like probably not what she wants to be doing um, in that moment because it gives her some feeling of control over... This uncontrollable demonic specter that also you can't see until it's already too late. I feel like that's another COVID parallel. I
0: mean, yeah, I mean, if there's a rain of. If I'm at Krakatoa and there's a rain of fire and ash and I have a little goofy umbrella, you know what I'm doing with that umbrella? I'm holding it up. <laughs> Because what the fuck else am I going to do right now?
1: Yeah, I, and I feel like, I mean, the good thing about, well, this is, feels wild to say, but the good thing about being at Krakatoa is that <laughs> Jesus. you can see the threat, um, and mm-hmm. something that I love in this film is how much it brings in that kind of pandemic feeling of a threat that you can't see and aren't aware of until it's too late. Um, yeah. Because nobody can really perceive the demon until they're so close to it that it's choosing to reveal itself to them, usually through violence. Right. Right. Um, and also, by the way, the violence in this film is so effective.
0: Man, it's honestly, it's it's squishy without being a lot. I, I think it's mostly, you know what it is? It's mostly ADR that makes it work. Like, the sounds that happen when people die in this movie. And it takes advantage of the sort of, like, low-definition, like, zoom call sound. It's so upsetting. And I, I never feel like somebody is just, like, having a big splatter death on screen. But it, it's like you said, like when, when it happens, you feel every death in this movie.
1: It is, and it's super, it is very violent, but the violence doesn't feel cheap. Yeah. Um, and also, oh, this is another way that this movie takes advantage of the medium, is that early on in the movie when spooky things start happening, mm-hmm. all the characters turn their microphones all the way up. You actually get to see them opening the settings yeah. and turning the microphones all the way up so that they'll pick up more sound in the environment, mm-hmm. and it, it makes everything so much more tense because you as an audience member are already listening really close, but now you're still listening really close, but you can hear everything.
0: Yeah. Fuck, I hadn't even thought about that. This is a good movie.
1: It's... This movie to me is effective as a horror movie on the same level, and I said this to you before as the Blair Witch Project, which um, mm-hmm. long-time listeners might remember as one of my, I think one of my first? Yeah, that was
0: one of your first episodes on wreck and vile
1: Yeah, one of my first episodes. Um,
0: when we also watched that, and that was, I think, the first horror movie we watched together?
1: No. No, surely not. No, I even did an episode before then.
0: We oh, watched yeah.
1: that, we watched that around, like, Christmas time. Oh,
0: that's, yeah, yeah, we've, yeah. we've seen a few horror movies. Um, but yeah, like, so what, what, what is it about this that's like Blair Witch for you?
1: It's just so visceral. I, I, We were watching it in the afternoon with all the, like, with the windows open and, like, sunlight pouring into the room and Tinkerbell wandering around. I was super grounded in where I was. And I was so afraid that I watched, I would say, a good eighth of this movie literally through my fingers. And I don't mean yeah. that I have my hands up near my face. I mean, I have my fingers fully closed over my eyes. And, like, I have, like... I don't know. My fingers are like... They're like Instagram models. They have little thigh gaps. You've got toward tiny the face. hands. I do. But like I've got teeny tiny gaps between a couple of my fingers. And I was watching this movie through those gaps. Mm-hmm. Multiple times. Like it was so effective. And like... I, The jump scares are really good and well earned. Mm-hmm. The, the movie does a great job of showing you ahead of time that... There's a lot of dark corners. There's a lot of doorways behind people because that's how things go in Zoom calls. Yeah. Um, and it just makes you watch really closely. And it... Whew, well, and oh, it's, I'm well, getting... yeah,
0: well, and it's incredible because like both of them take advantage of the found footage format where it's there's something just off screen you're not seeing and you know you're about to see it. Um, I think for me also, a much worse um, preachy quarantine movie would have done some bit with, um, you know, Jack... Uh, you know, like with, you know, Demon's when you do that, you create a mask for the demon to put on and then make some fucking goon joke about like, you know, it's like when you put on a quarantine and it's, uh, there are so many ways this movie could have been shit that it, it's, it's surprising. It makes so many great calls where you don't think it's going to.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like just about every place it could have made a bad call. It made a great call. And it, again, like, I'm just struck by the fucking effects. I mean, yeah, you dude. have you have, multiple effects where people are, like, people and objects are, like, levitating. And it's... A lot of times I feel like levitation in a horror movie is really cheap and makes me go, like, okay, yeah, I get it. You've got access to wires. But on this, it was so frightening. It was, like, Again maybe this is quarantine feelings I'm having but it was like this isn't how the world's supposed to work.
0: Well it's like it's like a PWG wrestling match where like bodies are getting hucked around like potato sacks in this like everybody's like there's a, there's a kind of the thing manipulating the objects in people's bodies in this movie haven't ever really heard of gravity or heaviness it's just people's bodies just going and yeah, there's, there's something terrifying about people being unanchored and things being unanchored like that, that like, yeah.
1: And there's a big connection there to me with the way so many of us feel untethered from just time and reality this last, uh, in the U.S., what, yeah. six months now? Jesus Seven? Christ. Uh Twenty-eight? Yeah, I think
0: it was like somewhere back around the Tudors that we weren't dealing with COVID. <laughs> like, it's just, this has been our forever reality. Um, I think, honestly, for me, one of the big messages of this movie is... Don't be that kid at the haunted house yelling, this isn't even scary and like slapping the monster's asses or whatever. Like none of this would have happened if Gemma hadn't decided to be rude. She's, she's, She's rude to the demon. She's rude to her friend who's just asking her to take this seriously. Hi, I'm Ray and this is my friend Alex. Hi. And we do a show called No More Whoppers. Some call it corn. We call it therapy. We're adults with the virility of men. Want to hear us read snack food copy and talk about Japanese chips? Too bad! Join us every month or so on the Greenlight Podcast Network.
1: I have got big beef with you, my friend. Why's that? So I I will tell you all, this is a spoiler, but you know, whatever. Um, (laughs) Alan, the guy who at the beginning of the movie gets pulled away by his shitty girlfriend who blows out the candle. Um, Mumford Owens. Yeah. He comes back almost right at the very end of the movie almost the very end um <laughs>
0: poor alan hey and, guys
1: yeah and he comes in and he's goofing because he's like Haha, you did a seance that was stupid right and meanwhile almost everybody is dead and everybody's traumatized <laughs> everything is bad troy,
0: troy barnes pizza gif
1: yeah and he doesn't get it and isn't listening to how serious it is until bad things start happening to him and then he has a very bad time yep. here's my beef with you saying it's Gemma's fault okay Alan disrespected the seance first. He's a white dude, and he has this white girlfriend. He and, and she together disrespected the seance first, mm-hmm. and then Gemma disrespected the seance. But the in the film, people keep on blaming Gemma. You were blaming Gemma. Mm-hmm. But bad stuff still happens to him, which tells us that bad things were already set up because he left before Gemma was disrespectful. He left the seance and was totally gone before she started doing anything with Jack. How could he possibly have been impacted? He wasn't even there. True. I think the door opened when he did that. And then Gemma built the the mask mm-hmm. of the hanged man. And I, I feel like this might be a little bit, perhaps a tiny bit clumsy on the part of the film.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A little bit of a clumsy commentary on misplaced blame during the pandemic because Gemma is, uh, like half Asian. I think half Chinese. Chinese. Yeah. And.
0: Ah, so you think this might be something in my brain going like it was, it was the half Chinese lady's fault that everyone died.
1: I don't think it's you doing that. I think it's the narrative because Mm -hmm. everyone in the film is like, Gemma, this is your fault. Mm -hmm. But I do think that there has been a lot of racism around the pandemic. Sure. Uh, all of my Asian and Southeast Asian friends have experienced this. Mm-hmm. It, it's This shouldn't be news to anybody that lots of people in the U.S. are blaming Asian people indiscriminately. Yeah. Which feels like a weird word to use for discrimination. Right. But also
0: <laughs> Asian, like, oh, you know, an Asian person, like from the Asian country. You know the right. one. Like, a
1: lot of people are thinking that way and, and mm-hmm. blaming Asian people for the pandemic when really who they should be blaming is like this the white guy and the white guy and his girlfriend who didn't respect anything from the start and didn't pay attention and didn't listen and then absented themselves from the conversation and then came back in like "Uh uh-oh seems like everything's bad maybe i shouldn't worry about it because i haven't been hearing about it because i haven't been on this zoom call
0: right no that makes sense i I think i was confused because I i had thought that anybody like if if anybody joined this particular zoom call they were inviting the demon in to fuck their shit up that like would so, would uh, Alan have been getting pureed by a ghost if he hadn't called back into the Zoom call?
1: The th- I think that he would have been getting pureed by the ghost, even if he hadn't called back in, because the there was a power outage. Like, mm-hmm. he he called back into the Zoom call and then was like, oh, there's a power outage. There's like, stuff is going wrong. Like, my girlfriend is gone somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I think he was fucked from the moment she blew out that candle.
0: Shit. That makes sense. I, I think with Gemma, with Gemma it's easy to sort of be like, "Oh, this is her fault." It was because I, you know what it was? It was just having so much screen time of Gemma saying like, "Oh my god, it was a joke. Stop being so sensitive. You you just can't take a joke." Like somebody's like 100% of the time if somebody is uttering the sentence, "You can't you just can't take a joke," you've just done something unforgivable. Like
1: yeah, that... Th- well, Exclusively
0: used by monsters.
1: Really, that's just... That is the moment to say, oh, I'm sorry, I goofed wrong. Which yeah. I do all the time because I goof wrong. Oh, sure, we all do. Constantly, 100% of my life.
0: I mostly goof wrong.
1: No, you mostly goof, right?
0: Ayy. Um Gross, I love you. No, I love you. Um, he, But, yeah, Alan did disrespect the thing. Although, not even... Al- I mean, okay. Alan did disrespect it. His girlfriend... May- I don't know if that's maybe, like... Me being like, you know who's really awful is his wife instead of him.
1: Ah, uh, She sucks, though. She sucks. She sucks. He's doing an activity and she comes in and is like, your activity is over. You don't do that to your spouse. Even when I think that you are doing an activity that I don't like. Like, for instance, uh, eating an entire hard-boiled egg in one bite. I don't come in and slap that hard-boiled egg out of your mouth. Like, I, I say, <laughs> hey. You want to, though. I say, hey, have you considered not sinning? And then I right. leave you to your dark work.
0: Right, of, of eating, of unhinging my jaw, snake-like, and eating an entire hard boy-like.
1: So, I think, I think that it is Alan and the girlfriend's fault. I think that they started the disrespect. Also, uh, something in seances and in this movie is focus objects. Like, you have mm-hmm. an object that, that you want to focus on, and he brings in a creepy music box.
0: Oh, uh, why would you do it?
1: Listen, here's the thing. The
0: truly really the attic of musical instruments. <laughs>
1: If you're gonna do a seance, I feel like a creepy music box is a pretty great bring. It's like someone who comes to a potluck with actual enchiladas. It's either, it's like,
0: yeah, it's either that or a toy piano, if you're trying to bring the creep vibes. Or a doll. Or a doll.
1: Any kind of doll. Yeah. Um, But also, like, he brings a really strong focus object, and then he goofs off, and then his girlfriend blows out his candle. I just, yeah. I, I feel like it's on them, and I feel like... Then Gemma got a really unfair amount of the blame. And I I wanna credit this movie with that being commentary and not accidental.
0: You know what? You've convinced me. That's I'm I'm being I, I think, first of all, Gemma is an asshole, but this isn't solely her fault.
1: I mean, she's she's an asshole for values of you and I know that the the seance is real.
0: Well and, and also we have the benefit of being Actual people watching the movie host like if I had been on that call and somebody had goofed, maybe I wouldn't have been like, "What the fuck, man!" I would have been like, "Oh, that's not. Ah, oh, come on, that's not cool, dude."
1: Yeah, as as horror movie viewers, we know, but also like, I make goofs all the time about how I would love to, for instance, um, meet IRL Andrew Jackson's ghost and give him a swirly. Right. Right. Like, but also if I if i say that his, now his
0: hair would be such a great like toilet brush sort of like God, moppy
1: it really would um but I, I like i'm saying that now but if you know someone was filming a horror movie called the podcast <laughs> i i would say that and the audience would be like don't say that andrew jackson's ghost is going to haunt your toilet and make all your poops into ghost poops and like you know that's really scary and i don't want it
0: i don't i don't want andrew jackson ghost poops
1: i don't i don't want any ghost
0: poops no strictly ghost ghost poop free that's my goal. That, That's your party platform. That was platform? my New
1: Year's resolution.
0: No more. Was it no more ghost poops?
1: I don't have to disclose
0: right. that. Okay.
1: To you or anyone.
0: That's true. I don't. I don't have access to your private medical history.
1: So anyway, the host kicks ass. It's Sorry, great. Not the host. Host.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is it, it
1: exclusively on Shutter?
0: Um, I think it's exclusively on Shutter right now. But it's probably. I mean, everything is on VOD right now. Anyway, so it's. I'm sure within. Like, a couple of months, it'll be pretty much anywhere you might want to watch it.
1: How come you don't call it VOD?
0: Because that's terrible.
1: <laughs> Do it. Call it VOD.
0: So the so the movie host will be on VOD. Uh, probably <laughs> within the month, I feel like. <laughs> VOD. Like, there's no way to... You can't... You can't... VOD the Impaler? VOD. VOD. This movie is great. Uh, I... And also, it is a perfect 50-something minutes. It is a... It is a... Spooky little crystal cheeseburger of a movie. It's just...
1: A crystal cheeseburger! That is accurate!
0: Yeah, yeah. It's small, it's dense, it's great.
1: It is the exact right amount of time. I could not... If this movie was 90 minutes, mm-hmm. even if it was like a, a tight 75... Sure. I couldn't have sustained that level of fear because I was genuinely physically terrified it took me like 30 minutes to get my heart rate down after the end of it it was so scary yeah
0: and also i would put forward i get kind of defensive when people are like "Uh, i hate jump scares because i'm like oh you mean like scares
1: yeah that's goof shit
0: like a, a, a thing popping up in a movie like a jump scare to me is not when a thing pops out to kill something it's when you get, like, the cat jumping into the room to scare you before the thing happens. That's a jump scare to me. Like, I feel like a jump scare doesn't describe something popping up to be scary.
1: I disagree. I feel like a jump scare, and I'm saying this as someone who is so much less expert at horror than you, so I recognize that I am completely, like...
0: I claim zero expertise. I'm, I'm,
1: I'm jerking off with a pineapple rind here, but, like, I... brave feel like a jump scare is anything that makes me physically jump as an audience member mm-hmm. it's something that this is part of why um t kingfisher's book
0: the twisted ones
1: the twisted ones is so oh, impressive yeah. to me because it's a book that contains jump scares it's it's a book that i read and something happened and i went la, yeah and it gave me that visceral physical adrenaline jolt mm-hmm. i'm i'm also defensive of jump scares even though i hate them Mm -hmm. as someone whose physiology does not support adrenaline jolts very well
0: your poor nervous system
1: i know Um, it's mostly
0: scar tissue at this point
1: but my thing is that i'm okay with the cat jumping out if it's used once i think that get out does this really well they have a car accident where they hit a deer early in the movie and that's a jump scare that kind of primes you for like you're gonna be scared
0: right or the guy running in the background in get out like out of nowhere like that was one that was like jesus
1: but, like, it means something. Both of those have meaning. They're not just there solely to prime your nervous system. It's kind of like um, the difference between eating a sandwich and eating a power bar. Where one of them is like, okay, well, my body will recognize this as nutrients. <laughs> and the other one is like, this is a food experience. Right. This mm, film, I, I, I
0: love a dense caloric nutrient bar.
1: <laughs> this film... Has jump scares, but all of them are well earned, well deserved, well established, well executed. Like, God, it was so scary. I've, I hate it. It was so scary, but it was so great.
0: <laughs> but it was funny because, like, after we watched it, I was like, wow, what a great movie. Thank you for watching that. And you were just like, okay, I have to go be on a Zoom call now. Oh,
1: yeah, okay. Listeners, you remember at the top of this podcast, oh,
0: man.
1: we told you that I had to go and do a reading. Right after I watched this movie. So we watched this movie that takes place fully over Zoom. It's a fully immersive experience. There's no part of it that's not in the Zoom platform. We watched it. We finished it. And then I had 20 minutes to put on makeup and get myself set up to do this reading for Worldcon. And people not in the SFF community might not know. Worldcon is like, it's one of the biggest genre fiction events of the year it's a big deal Mm -hmm. i had to go do this reading and the reading was over zoom and so i went from watching this (laughs) slapped on some makeup got my microphone set up got my reading set up opened my computer and opened this fucking zoom call it was so scary it was so terrifying i'm gonna ask
0: you a very stupid question were you tempted to put on the face filter and point it at the room?
1: First of all, no. Second of all, I don't know how to do that. Third of all, no. I will never do it.
0: Yes, I understand. I will never
1: do it. I don't yeah. want to know. I don't want to know if there's any yeah. if there's any things with faces in this room that I don't presently know about. <laughs> it's fine with me.
0: You want to neither fuck around nor find out.
1: Yeah, I don't need that. I don't need that smoke. I so um, that was so scary and Ryan I, I owe you an apology and I'm going to make it in public right now on this podcast oh, okay. because you tried to make a at least medium funny joke to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: within five minutes of us ending the movie Medi-
0: medium funny that's pretty good
1: yeah yeah, that's pretty good. and it was a joke about the movie and I said to you the thing that I say about Blair Witch Project jokes which is please do not make jokes <laughs> this is too scary, you may not make jokes.
0: Y- no, you may not joke about this.
1: And I'm I'm apologizing for that, and I'm also apologizing for the fact that you still may not make jokes because this movie is too scary.
0: I understand. It's, yeah. Although I, I I would love to watch Unfriended with you at some point as a kind of, look, mid-2010s Skype horror.
1: I don't want to revisit the mid-2010s. No, oh,
0: that's fair. Who
1: If anybody listening to this is like, oh, the mid-2010s, I'd love to go back to that. Don't speak to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Get out of my home, or I'll turn a laptop filter on you to reveal you as a demon.
1: Wow, that's a huge threat. Yeah. Um, are we gonna energy. are we gonna do the, the the list?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. All right, so let's rank it. So looking at the li- uh, the list of uh, horror movies uh, we have on this podcast at the moment, currently we are at number we are at four hundred seventy five uh, movies we have watched and ranked. Um, also, this movie uh, this list is canonically true and perfect, and nothing on it is weird or bad.
1: I'm not gonna say anything bad about the fact that I am the pretty thing that lives in this house. is all the way down at number 64, mm-hmm. even though that movie made me physically sweat more than most workouts I have done.
0: I mean, Shirley Jackson would be extremely happy that the the best movie she never wrote <laughs> yeah. is still, like, yeah, yeah, just sphincter-clenchingly terrifying. Um, so looking at the list right now, Sarah Gilley, let me ask you, uh, at number 42, oh, are we going up? Okay. You're making, you're making the thumb up like, no, no, go up the list.
1: Yeah, I'm, Ryan is scrolling through the list, and I'm like, no, keep on. Yeah. Keep on.
0: All right. Me. All right, motherfucker. At number 31, we have Hocus Pocus. Which is a better movie, Hocus Pocus or Host?
1: Host. Easy. Host. Easy squeezy. Host better. is better because there are no points in the movie a host where a young Thora Birch is trying to spy on her brother masturbating to someone who has my name. Wait, that happened? Hocus Pocus? That sure does happen. A young Thora Birch is hiding in the closet, spying on her brother as he is pulling practicing kissing. I'm doing big air quotes. Practicing kissing on a pillow and saying the name Sarah. And then she bursts out of the closet and is like, oh, Sarah, oh, Sarah. And listen.
0: Oh, that's not good.
1: Yeah, so... Wow, traumatic. I love the movie Hocus Pocus so much. but Right. Um, also, Host, to me, is scarier than Hocus Pocus.
0: Well, that's fair. I, I think so, too. Honestly, I missed, I missed the bus on Hocus Pocus. Like, I didn't see it at a formative age. I saw it in, like, my 20s. Well,
1: that's embarrassing for you. I,
0: I know. I was very sad. Although, I did appreciate in Hocus Pocus how DTF all of those witches are with the bus driver in Hocus Pocus.
1: I mean, listen, I this is not a Hocus Pocus episode of this podcast, but you got Cassie and Jimmy. Uh-huh. You got a... Very young, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah,
0: bet, fucking and bet fucking
1: Midler. you got fucking Midler, like. Yeah.
0: you got Doug Jones as the the creepy guy. So listen. It's great, um, but host. So above that, at number twenty nine, Sarah, we have The Craft. I think you were on that episode too, weren't you? When we talked about The Craft.
1: I think I was, and I think that I think Host is better than The Craft. I think it has a clearer message. I think that it Shit. has. Uh, stronger, stronger um, vibes. I don't know.
0: It does like, have vibes.
1: I'm, I'm not a filmmaker, so I'm <laughs> trying to find the way to. It has a, a, a stronger a, a, vibes. A, 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 you a, a, a ocean.
0: You know, a, honestly, vibes infinitely better than somebody talking about the Maison song. And claiming to... I
1: just want to punch you in the face so bad every time you say that. And this is, mise- a, this is not a violent relationship, listeners. We respect and love each other and our physical boundaries. But seriously, your I, understand. I don't want to make you work your way up the list bit by bit because I actually am looking at the list with you right now and I can see where I think it should go. Mm. I feel that host 2002, not to be confused with the host...
0: 2002? What?
1: What? I feel that... Like- <laughs> Host 2020, God you're really pretty... ahead
0: of its time with Zoom calls, and <laughs> they say even Spider Man came a, out
1: a video phone horror movie. Oh shit!
0: Oh my God, Kelly Rowland communicating with the demon with the Excel spreadsheet <laughs> on her phone.
1: I would kill with my hands for that.
0: Holy shit!
1: Okay, Host 2020. <laughs> also, God, do you remember the year 2002?
0: Oh, horribly. Yeah, I remember the year 2002.
1: What? What was your? What was your hair like
0: in 2002? Oh, in 2002, I, I was firmly in uh, heavily L.A. Uh, la looks, hair-gelled, duck-erection, pointy, upward haircut. Wow,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I had hey, a... Hey, why are
1: you calling it a duck-erection? Do you mean duck-tail?
0: Oh, duck-tail, yeah, but it looks like a little boner, right? No,
1: it does not. Oh, because a nope. duck-erection would it, be a corkscrew. It looks like a duck's tail. <laughs> it looks like a duck's tail. You know,
0: the duck's tail is just the penis of the duck.
1: Anyway, I think that <laughs> host... Uh, from the year 2020, I would say the year of our Lord, but God has turned his eyes to (laughs) me, belongs in position number 25, or 24, rather, directly underneath The Blair Witch Project. I think that these two films, like, belong in close proximity. I think Blair Witch Project is a little bit scarier because it is so much about emotional abuse, mm-hmm. again. Um,
0: because long- of because of the scene of, you know, when he turns the camera on her and he's yelling at her.
1: Well, and, yeah. So, long- long-time listeners will probably remember my episode about the Blair Witch Project and how terrifying that was for me on so many levels. Host is right up there with it. It is... I mean, I'm, I'm ranking these in terms of, like, quality and also scariness. Mm-hmm. I think Host belongs way the fuck up there.
0: Goddamn, yeah. And that's, that's above, uh, right above Carrie.
1: Yeah, which is a, a movie that I haven't seen in quite a bit. I really mm-hmm. loved it when I watched it um, and found it frightening in a similar vein to the Blair Witch Project. The really frightening moments were so much about emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I think
0: the best horror is about that. Yeah, I think so. Like trauma and, and abuse and our attempt to deal with that. Yeah, and, and to deal with deal to each other. And to deal with an emotionally hostile world. Um, honestly, I feel I feel really good about that. Um, so yeah, so coming in at our new number 24, above Carrie and below The Blair Witch Project, is Host from 2020. Did you know that the actor who plays Gemma uh, co-wrote this movie?
1: I wish I could say no, but I saw it when we were looking up notes for the movie.
0: Me too. Me too. Like I said, I was like, oh, nice. Even yeah. Like, you know, yeah.
1: That makes me feel even firmer in my stance that there's some commentary going on in this film about right. how the world is responding to different kinds of people mm-hmm. during the pandemic. Um, if it had been a white person who wrote this on their own and was like, I'm going to have everybody blaming this Asian person for this thing, I would be like, hey, guys. But that makes me feel a little bit stronger in my resolve. That, yeah, that this is something on purpose, as everything else in this movie seems to be.
0: It's it's a very intentional movie, and I yeah, mm-hmm. guys, if you haven't if you haven't seen it yet, I I cannot encourage you enough to do it. Plus, what it's fifty minutes. There's a quarantine on. What are you doing that you can't take out fifty minutes of your day to get the shit scared out of you by a Zoom call?
1: You know, maybe anything that's not going to leave you covered in a thick sheen of fear sweat.
0: A thick sheen of fear sweat.
1: Yeah that was me bitch. Um,
0: Thick sheen.
1: I will say if you are uh, if you're like me then you should watch this movie with a friend and a glass of water in a brightly lit room and you should pause it whenever you want Mm -hmm. and take a minute to be like hey here's how I know there's not a demon in my home. Um, And if you're like Ryan and you are bad inside and uh, like bad things, Mm -hmm. do what my friend other Sarah did and watch it all by yourself in your bed on your laptop at night so that you get the full immersion experience of the Zoom call so that you can feel like you are an observer on the Zoom call. You're a participant who just happens to not be talking. Um, and uh, maybe put down like a tarp or something <laughs> so that you don't ruin your mattress when you fucking wet yourself a from
0: here. tarp fear. maybe put on your finest Instagram or not Instagram put on your finest zoom filter so that you if you're like sobbing you can at least see what it would look like if you were a snake having a bad time watching, watching this film
1: you're gonna have a great bad time watching this film it's gonna mm. scare the shit out of you you don't have to deal with like Instagram model tummy tea. Like this this will, <laughs> this will this will this will be your cleanse.
0: Jack Jack the Demon is like, you know, flat tummy tea is he's like sponsored.
1: <laughs> also, I shouldn't joke about that. That's like some serious eating disorder shit. Don't do yeah, it. Don't do it. Um, be safe, take care of your bodies. But also, uh, maybe watch host. It's so scary. <laughs>
0: it is it is it's it's a it's a lot.
1: Hey, uh You have to let me leave all the lights on tonight Because we talked about Host And it's so scary that I remembered it That's
0: fair, you've got, I'm so sorry listeners I don't mean to put Sarah on blast right now Sarah has their favorite smooth river rock In their hands right now And they're like Running their thumb along it because it's nice And soothing and I I, Listen, if you watch the movie Host, listen Get a nice piece of obsidian or, Or a river rock, run your thumb along it It's soothing
1: Get a rock. Hold on to the rock. You got a rock. Maybe a demon won't
0: get you. I don't know.
1: And then you know you got a rock. Well, anyway, this is uh, several times in this podcast that I have been put on blast for my uh, behavior.
0: I'm fully leaning into the like the like the like. No, let me let me tell you about Sarah (laughs) Kaylee. How great they are.
1: I am not proud, but neither am I ashamed. Host is scary go with God, uh, wear a mask stay inside please help us end and this yeah, time of
0: disease Yeah, and don't get harassed by demons. demon Sarah, um, where can our listeners find you on the internet?
1: well, I don't know, if they're trying to contact me via zoom nowhere
0: <laughs> if you're a demon, don't fucking do it
1: uh, if you're a demon, you can find me on Twitter, my handle is gailey Frey. gaily, like my last name g-a-i-l-e-y Frey, F-R-E-Y. Yeah, it's a Doctor Who thing. It's from a long time ago. Don't.
0: As was the style in those times.
1: It was a long, it was a long time ago. No. Um, you can also go to my website to find everything I've ever written. www.sarahgaley.com. That's Sarah with an H. And you can also subscribe to my Substack, which you can find via my website. And for the next several weeks, I'm going to be um, talking about uh, in works of sff literature that have influenced and shaped me outside the canon of old white men that's
0: including so uh, including host just now
1: yeah it changed me that's for fucking sure <laughs> yeah
0: that's <laughs>
1: ryan where can uh, where can people find you
0: uh rank and vile guys we are on pretty much every platform you could want to find us on we are on uh instagram at rank and vile and on twitter at rank and vile cast mostly we're on twitter we are hovering also there like a goal at all times uh, we have a Patreon uh, with uh, bonus episodes and commentary and all manner of uh, good stuff, guys. If you like this podcast, don't let don't let Sarah's sacrifice be in vain. Um, give us you know give us a five star review or whatever review you think is fair. Um, Sarah, thank you for your service. Thank you for watching host with me for this podcast.
1: It was so scary.
0: It was it was so much. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. Uh, about all I got. Stay spooky, folks.